Greeting, valued poll listeners, and welcome to episode 94 of the Polis Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, sometimes famous enough, Hector. Hi. How's it going? Hey. That's Hi. good. How's it going, so, buddy? You know, we changed the intro from greetings, true believers. Yes. To uh, valued poll listeners. Yeah. Is that because you comics deconstructed? <laughs> oh no you we need to record a much longer pre-show for people to get that joke but oy. <laughs> uh, the joy of being a pastor in today's world what a world what a world it's in jesus because it's not new worlds <laughs> <laughs> hey uh yeah so i literally preached on that yesterday <laughs> oh well there you go if you're curious, you can find Hector at <laughs> and all that good stuff. So, yeah, we're we're cruising into the end of the season. So it's time to start warning people that we've got a whole two shows. And this is one of those two shows before we go on our holiday hiatus. Um, wow. And before we uh, cruise on into episode 500 by the end of the right. season, not episode 500, 100. Sorry. Yeah. We're, we're going to just miss episode 100. Sorry, folks. So next Are season. We? Well, next season. Yeah, we're going to miss it. We're on 94. We're going to end at 95. I meant for like next, like, yeah. Next okay. season, yeah. No, we're good. Okay. The, okay, okay. the spring, when we get back, we're we, yeah. we going to hit the big 100. I'm, and, I'm, I'm always on summer camp in school, oh, right. like years. So You're like, like the, years, the year started for me like <laughs> August right. yep. and ends in June. So, yeah. Yeah, that checks out. Uh, checks out. So, yeah, we're going to hit episode 100. Then we will switch to number one, legacy number. And <laughs> 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 there will be 17 variant covers and versions of episode 100 so that you all can enjoy what comics are truly like. <laughs> um, is does is the variant covers us wearing like filters while we do record this? <laughs> it should be <laughs> just like Snapchat filters. Right. The whole thing. We're going to change them every 30 seconds. Not going to say anything. Just going to do it. Because we run a high quality podcast here. As Taylor Swift says, draw the cat eye sharp enough to kill a man. Okay. Noted. Yep. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> Whatever that may mean. Uh, but I guess that means we sh we sh we should run into this podcast and get a roll. And so strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves for we've got comic side. Neon glow. Ah, put the word out. Get ready for the nerd out. Better put specs on. Better bring necks on. I got handsome checks for my expansion sets. They call me Obi Wan. Act like you know me. I do feel like we're in the satellite of love and that we're being sent terrible comics sometimes, but here we are. Uh, and this was a struggle bus week. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to the comics, but it, it was uh, the, the struggle was real. Um, but on today's episode, uh, we do have a, a show for you. Uh, we're going to hit the latest news that you need to know. Our must pull recommendations from the past two, three maybe four weeks because that's how this week went. Um, and our favorite new number ones, which mine actually is from this week. So that, that helps. So this is the Polis podcast. 
So news um, from my padded room here in Columbus, Georgia, um, where it keeps me safe from all of the outside rays of whatever or something. I don't know. Um, we do have some things to talk about. In terms of industry news, the only thing that I really have is for those of you that have been following in the Discord and some other places, we've been having a very long conversation about the long drawn out death of IDW, um, which added another entry into the long standing story of the slow, painful, long standing death of IDW. And that's that IDW has closed their physical offices in San Diego. Shut um, your mouth. Yeah. As of yesterday, and they used a picture of a guy that isn't actually at IDW anymore. So good job over there at bleeding cool, but you know, good for you. Um, Chris, well, be nice to the bad media. No. <laughs> Rich only reaches out to me when I can send him photos. I'm not supposed to from closed meetings. Yeah, I said it. Um, you only yeah. said it because, you know, they're closing too. <laughs> what? No. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we could be so lucky. Where would we get our questionable clickbaity comic book news from? We've got it covered. Ooh. Mm. Please, uh, please understand. Don't ever click anything from We've Got It Covered. No, don't do that. Because they, in fact. Don't do that. Like David's linen ephod, they do not have it covered. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Deep, deep Old Testament joke. Yeah. So um, IDW is like, everything's fine. We're just moving to a remote workforce. Um, but I think the rest of the world's like, you mean like everyone did three years ago? <laughs> um, but yeah. So IDW says everything's fine, but I continue to posit that all the tea leaves continue to appear to be heading in the wrong direction but um yeah they're having a tough go um they've lost a lot of ip over the last couple of years which is kind of what we were talking about in the discord and some other places and you know if they manage to lose the turtles at any point in time i'm i'm calling it that that's the end like does it do they still have transformers nope yeah turtles are going to keep them alive um, because that's kind of what we've, <laughs> what we've been talking about indirectly is image picked up, um, GI Joe and transformers. And that's why the book void, um, rivals, rivals. Is, is actually a transformer universe book, which is semi weird, but also that's what image is doing with it. So congrats. Um, that's a thing. So. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like we sh this becomes the how many times have we mentioned IDW basically shedding something or closing something. And here we are. Um, so, yeah. On to some more uplifting news. You Supposed are been encouraging. Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, you are familiar with Batmite, Yeah. I, yeah, I am familiar with Batmite. <laughs> Other people may not be familiar with Batmite, but um, in the Batman universe, there are lots of Bat-insert characters, vehicles, tools, etc. here. But Batmite um, is is a person? He's an what? imp. He's yeah. an imp from the fifth dimension. There you go. Um, and he's getting a Christmas special. On like HBO? 
No, like in comics. So, you know, how oh, DC boo. does, yeah, does their anthologies for like every holiday now. Yeah. Um, so twas the might before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Um, well, I like that. Yeah. It's... That might was most recently featured in Nightwing. Yeah. So there you go. Um, more likely than not, because we have to have a reason to actually talk about him at Christmas. Um, so, yeah, you're you're getting a Batmite Christmas. You're welcome. Um, I forget. There was a lot. There's also a Mitzelblick Bar Mitzvah. A lot. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, that's not bad, man. I'm here for no, it. No, that's pretty good. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten stories. Nine or ten stories. So per the usual, that means this absolutely is going to be a nine ninety nine or more book because there it is. Yep, nine ninety nine. Called it. Um, comes out December twelfth. You'll get a cross section of all those DC Christmas stories. Let's see, did they put in a Hanukkah story? Yes, actually, there is a story. There is a Batwoman story called Riddler on the Roof. Yep, so it'll totally be a... Yeah, see what they did there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So... That's cute. Go. Like, that's a that's a almost sold just for that. Like <laughs> we, we went from, why would I do this, to... Yeah? <laughs> that's what's happening? That's happening. So, yeah, that's pretty good. But also, DC has finally decided to take a page from Image and, I think, Dark Horse. And... They are going to start reprinting tons and tons of their classic runs in a smaller format. They some people have equated it to like a manga sized format. Um, It's not manga esque. It's just that's the size of the books. And basically they're going to reprint things like. um, Watchmen and stuff like that in a nine ninety nine format smaller book so that those are more accessible and that you can read tons of other DC classics such as they were. So I think that's a good move because honestly, when image and dark horse has done that in the concept of you can actually get entire volumes of stuff and trade paperback and their $10 people are more likely to start and go, see if they actually are interested in something. And when you start at a trade paperback at that level, you get the entire first arc, which means you have enough to know whether you actually like it or not. Um, And as a comic book store, that was super good for us that if we could be like, here, start here, it's $10. If you hate it, you spent $10. If you love it, you spent $10 and you can finish this series for probably 20, 30 more dollars instead of like paying $20 per those is kind of more the commonality so I I think that's smart. We'll see what happens. We'll see how where we see those and all that good stuff. But as a former retailer, that's like a huge thing. Um, that's a great way to be able to hand sell and jump people into stories that they haven't had a chance to read before. So I am all about that. But we shall seize. And we'll finish with my DC uh news uh i know this may disappoint you and some other folks out there but joe hill has an imprint at dc right uh hill house which is a horror line and all of that good stuff and joe's like 
Uh, it's been fun. It's been real. Uh, I'm going to go back to writing books. He kind of should. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I guess he's probably told his stories or whatever. I don't know if Hill House continues without him present um, or not, but Joe's going back to doing what Joe does. Fair. Yeah. I mean, Sometimes with imprints, there's a season. You get out the stories you wanted to tell and peace out. It's been fun. And you move on. So good stuff there. And then finally, a little bit of Marvel news because I like to try to spread it around to be somewhat equally supportive or damaging to all of the comic book companies. And... It should come as absolutely literally no shock to anyone anywhere that there's another new X-Men book coming out. (laughs) And I can't help but laugh because Marvel has very clearly said, no, this X-Men story is the one you're supposed to be paying attention to. And is probably the reason I'm reading next to no Marvel right now. Um, I'm actually talking about that a little today in an almost positive light. (laughs) Because it seems to be careening towards a conclusion or because they fixed it. Stay tuned to find out. All right. Yeah, we'll save it for the podcast. Got it. Um, But X-Men Forever (coughs) uh, is coming out and apparently is going to tell us all of the things that we were either supposed to figure out by now in this story or are going to finally tell us what the actual point of all of this is in this series. At least that's what they're claiming. Um, so if you've been on that bandwagon, then the payoff is finally coming, I suppose. Um, if you're not on that bandwagon, I suppose we'll find out whether that journey was worth it. And then maybe we can be convinced to to revisit parts of it. But my, my editorial until we get into it a little later is I, I tried. We both tried when Hickman took over and during the setup, we were like, this is pretty dope. And then the main line started and we went, what happened? (laughs) Um, And it proliferated itself across the entire Marvel line. Good, bad and indifferent. Um, And what? That was two years ago, year ago, two, two. So that's a really long technically event. That's not an event. Here you go. Do with that what you will. Um, so, yeah, X-Men is either going to finally make a whole lot more sense or <laughs> they they won't stick the landing. Something's going to happen. A landing is supposedly happening. Oh, wait, like I've got I've got I've got the T. The T. <laughs> yeah. You're going to spill it. Is mm-hmm. that is that what we do now? Mm-hmm. Spill the T. So, so are you saving it or do you got it? Oh, I'm going to tell you like when we get to our polls. Okay, good. All right. Well, uh, in that case, uh, that's what you need to know, at least for now. That's our biweekly look at the industry and delivering you on the inside knowledge or the tea, as Hector might say, um, except that the tea is going to come outside of this segment. So I well, fine. Uh, as always, you can join in on the conversation with Hector and I and all of your nerdy friends over at or on the Love the Nerd uh, Discord, which I referenced earlier, where we had that wonderful conversation about IDW and where did they go? And 
we also talk occasionally over on the Facebook community. So lots of stuff happens. Um, so yeah, there's lots of stuff going on. You can join in with us. You can be nerdy. You can talk about the things that you liked, you hated, uh, things that we probably missed. Um, like we said, we're kind of digging deep this week because we had to. So sometimes it is about the things that we miss, but join us there. Occasionally you'll see Hector because he knows how the, the bits work. I'm learning the internet buttons. Ooh. So he's getting better. Um, but we come here to talk about the comics, not just the industry itself, which is interesting. It gives us the things that we read, but here we are. We, we need to talk about the, the comicses and what drives us and all of that good stuff. So what you got? First off, uh, this in is in the late. beginning. Neither quite far. Not uh, quite that far. In like Malachi. Um, but uh, still a minor. Yeah. <laughs> Fort Minor, we major. Uh, um, pastor jokes. So I missed that this book existed. Uh, apparently I did too. And I wrote it off as a, oh, another Spider Man book and kept walking. Um, like probably I rolled, like saw the word Spider-Man and kept moving. Um, <laughs> I enjoy Spider-Man. Uh, right. I enjoy, I enjoy Spider-Man when it's well done. Um, and we have shared when that happens. Like I had like a whole two years of straight spider books. Sin eater, um, baby. Sin eater. Um, so I'll give praise to this for, I was brought in by a variant cover. That's a new one. Okay. A variant cover of issue two made me say, where's number one? Wait, what did I do? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let me clarify. We usually do our new number ones at the end and everything. I'm going to say something, but the one at the end is garbage. Um, <laughs> Aww. This is, I'm going to do two issues of the same book. Not quite a party foul, but uncanny Spider-Man. Now, when you see the word uncanny, it's usually not associated with Spider-Man. It's X-Men's. Right. Yes. Um, the cover that got me to jump in on this book is a lovely image of Nightcrawler flirting with a young lady. And like intertwined by hearts and love and things. Aww. And I like Nightcrawler and I needed to pad my books. For this week, because <laughs> the cupboard was a bear. Um, oh, and I was my, like, mine got. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, so, you know what? I, I could use a good, nice Nightcrawler story. Um, and this is a $25 uh, um, one in 25 variant oh, cover. You did really well getting it at that price. Oh, sir, I got it for $4. Oh. <gasps> Because it had a wrinkle. Ha, yeah, there you go. And they sold it to me at that. I'm like, sucks for you to know. I don't take care of my comics anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you for that. Yoink. Um, but all this to be said, and if I'm not mistaken, if what I'm seeing is correct, uh, we actually get Sin Eater in this, even though he's not referred to. 
or somebody dressing like Sin Eater. But whatever. Interesting. So, you ready for this sales pitch to let you know where we're at in the world of Uncanny Spider-Man? You're going to tell me anyway, so... I am. (laughs) So... Based on, first of all, the first two issues of Uncanny Spider-Man are my number one and two picks. They were the favorite thing I read this week outside of Wonder Woman, which I don't get to talk about. And Yeah, um, what did you learn? Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. Uh, but, so here's the deal. Uh, at some point in time in the X-Men recent runs, Professor, a- Professor Xavier lemminged the, the entire mutant force. That sounds right. And because of how dangerous they were, he no more mutants them and in effectively made them all leave the planet. Uh, there was a whole big right. thing that went down and Xavier made all the mutants leave the planet, except those who were strong enough to have been mentally uh, trained to fight against Xavier's suggestions. Okay. But he effectively made the very bulk of all mutants disappear, and they don't know where to, and uh, might have even killed them, is Nightcrawler's thought. Okay. Um, With that, we're back to Sentinels hunting down leftover mutants. Like, mainstream America walking around downtown New York City, mainstream mutants hunting them down. Uh, So all the mutants are gone. And except for a handful and Nightcrawler at some point in time in what we've missed in the X-Men universe was made the puppet of an evil manipulation turned into a giant blue demon that really does look like the blue devil from uh, DC Mm -hmm. and he kills seven world leaders. But he basically wipes out the UN summit or something. Um, and so he's in a place where, um, okay, here we go. If I can, if you got, if you're on YouTube, you can check this out. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's Blue Devil vibes. That's Blue Devil vibes. Um, outspoken Viscount torn apart. Uh, mutant DNA confirmed at the scene of Chancellor's death. Sheikah murder. Uh, clear case of r- racial assassination. U.S. debates. Krakoan statehood following death of critics. Blue meanie killer. Tops most wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, so all the all the mutants are gone. Nightcrawler is a wanted man. And so he goes to New York City. He asks Peter Parker for a spare spider suit. And Nightcrawler is living in Central Park as Spider-Man. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> so Nightcrawler is living in Central Park as Spider-Man and, you know, occasionally uh, having pizza with Peter and talking about how, you know, he's and he's working on his one-liners. I mean, and he's, <laughs> he's sad when the villains don't get his j- jokes after he's beat them up. <laughs> Um, and it's what it says um, lives saved hardened criminals with no appreciation for fine wordplay righteously defeated not a bad day's work Uh, um, and and it's freaking delightful it's okay it's freaking delightful um, but uh, what we've learned is let me find this organization's name hold up 
Um, it's a, an organization with an O word, like Osiris or something like that. And Vulture is leading it. So Vulture is leading an organization that is using like super sus methods to accomplish, you know, mindsets um, to the point where uh, they're mind controlling Rhino. Um, and But when Kurt went big blue meanie, he was also being mind controlled and it's the same people. So he was framed. He wasn't in control of himself, etc. He did do it, but it, it wasn't of his own volition. Um, and so you're getting that. That's kind of the setup for issue one. You also find out that um, his mom, uh, Mystique, is mentally unstable and wandering around Central Park as a homeless person and attacking people because she can't control her mind or her body. Yikes. And so Nightcrawler is also in the process of uh, trying to find his mom, rescue her. And uh, speaking of Batmite, uh, Nightcrawler has a little cherub uh, chunky little angel nightcrawler <laughs> that is giving him a discourse now I don't know this dude's deal uh, it might just be his conscious it might be his imagination but he's struggling with his fate following everything that happened um, and he's struggling with his identity and he's just trying to be Spider-Man and not die and he's a fun Spider-Man like, just as Spider-Man, lots of jokes about the tale, all these things. And Silver Sable. Um, wow. Right? Silver Sable gets hired to bring him down and bring him in. And Nightcrawler, uh, one of the more fun things is a jogger he rescues in the first book gets all flirty with him, <laughs> which is cute. Oh, okay. Um, but then uh, one of Silver Sable's agents... And Nightcrawler get trapped in a hole. There's a little romance thing. And it's fun. It's the most fun uh, Marvel book I've read in forever. It's only going to be five issues. But I am here for this. This is Nightcrawler that's not creepy and poorly written. And the subject of being forced into something. Yes, he might be in a wrong place with his faith right now, but it's not ugly. It's not negative mm. towards it. And it's him trying to figure out who he is in the wake of all the terrible things he's done. These two issues gold. Happy I've read them. I will buy all five. I will buy this in trade. This is fun. <laughs> As the <laughs> translation of the word Nintendo, we are fun. This is that. This and is I, that. This is that. This is worth spending my dollars on, all my doll hairs. And I only got it because they put out a cute variant cover. And by golly, it was delightful. Aww. Aww. Now, uh, again, since I'm not talking about a certain book. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chris makes the the like spreadsheet of what we're talking about before I see it. And so it's usually opening up to see, Oh, he took the book I wanted. I literally is- gave it to him a day before I read though. 
<laughs> and I didn't read it either. I hadn't read yet then either. And I'm just like, oh no. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. So I tried <laughs> padding my um, pat rounding out my uh, pulls for the week. Yes. Uh, uh, Catwoman 58, part of the Gotham War storyline. Uh, this gets my pulls simply because there's really well written. Uh, romantic, cute, uh, tense moments between Batman and Catwoman in the midst of their crap. They're still fighting the stupid fight they're fighting. They're still like in the middle of they've screwed up everything. Um, but it's just it's good writing when it comes down to it. Um, and it's like a you know it's like we're supposed to be at war, but when the world blows up around us, we reach for each other. Uh, there's a refuge in him, a place in my heart. I can always go and hide from myself. His love is my great escape, but it's a love I have to share with the city who needs us crying like a baby in the night. Like, this is good writing. And I'll say for like, for the purposes of that, this, the writing in this one was, uh, worth it. Now it does continue the Gotham, uh, storyline of the fact that, um, if you missed out on the last of it, uh, Vandal Savage is taking over Gotham. He's employed all of the major players that aren't independent to be his lackeys. So he's got like Professor Pig, Firefly, all these guys um, as his army. And uh, Batman, in an attempt to stop Jason from getting in the way, put a thing in Jason that activates every time his adrenaline spikes and makes him cowardly. Yikes. And that's still a thing. So there's a point where Jason's watching a little girl in a burning building about to die. And he's try and he can't move because of what Batman put in him. And yeah. Uh, so I, I, I peaked at Nightcrawler. Everything else is downhill from here. Um, so on my last major pull with this is the, uh, the other half of that same story is Red Hood War or Gotham War Red Hood number two. Why this one gets it solely for the fact we get good Joker. Ooh. Joker shows up and he sees that people are playing chess with Jason and he's not a fan of it. And so he wants to go rescue Jason. So he starts killing people to leave notes to tell Jason where to go so he can save him. And there comes a point in he in Catwoman where Jason uh, gets pinned under a log like Batman begins. <laughs> and what we don't see is that until you pick up this issue, that between the between the panels, a whole story comes in where uh, Joker shows up and fights Scarecrow to the death. I don't know if he died, but you know what I'm saying? But like he unmercilessly fought Scarecrow to save Jason. Huh? And, um, he hit Joe. He hit Scarecrow with like a big blast of like Joker toxin or whatever. And then he looks over at Jason and he says, I actually ran out of Joker toxin. That's just Solomon Grundy's pee. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and it's funny. It's well-written Joker. Um, with this, and it continues to perpetuate the Gotham War storyline, which uh, I'll speak on that at the end. But like, uh, 
those are fine, but it peaked at Nightcrawler. Like the the three best things I read this week are those two and one you're going to talk about. So I God bless you and your family. That's my point. Uh, my brother in Christ. Um, <laughs> I feel like we should be using that more. It just seems weird. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you haven't figured it out, Wonder Woman numero dos um, by the one, the only Tom King and a billion of his friends. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. That's a lot of names. It is um, a lot of names. Kind of makes me wonder how much is who, but. Right. Either way, um, as stated previously, this feels like the most superhero-y Tom King thing in, like, ever. A lot, right. Yeah, ever may be fair, because it's got some of that gritty, like, normal life stuff that Tom likes to put into uh, his his stories, but this one feels mostly like a superhero story. And the Amazonians are currently being hunted down um, because that, I guess, is what comics do right now, is we hunt down a group of people to eradicate them. Um, which is a lot. Um, but we've been introduced to this big bad that they're calling Sergeant Steel, who's not actually a sergeant, but he likes being called Sergeant Steel. So there you go. Um, and Wonder Woman's already basically gone on the run here, but they have her kind of cornered apparently in a big open field, like one does when cornering people. Um, and to mess with her, we get introduced to Colonel Trevor. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I think I read half of this book going, is that Steve? Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they, they were not clear about it. They didn't tell us. They were just like, they know each other. And it's clear that they dated. And, I'm, and he's wearing a military uniform. So I'm literally doing the, where's his name tag? <laughs> and they like literally obscure it for half of the book. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. I think that's good storytelling because they wanted you to care enough to look. Yeah, and I guess that was ultimately the point as well because they give it to us kind of towards the end of the quote-unquote altercation, um, which looks a lot like that. <laughs> Bro, listen, I would pay to watch that on the big screen. Like, right? It was so, so good. So, but what they're doing is it's – it's current time, but they're flashing back to one of um, her first battles as an Amazonian. Um, and, you know, they're paralleling the two stories as they go. And <laughs> Trevor's basically like, yeah, so she said no. <laughs> and the big bad is like, cool. Well, the might of the United States Army and such. And Wonder Woman says no <laughs> and throws tanks around and stuff. And all the all the army dudes are like, nah, nah, <laughs> she just picked up a tank. <laughs> it was the, the one line of like, listen, I appreciate you and your service. Right. <laughs> if you don't but go home, I'm going to keep hitting you on the head with this tank. With this tank. <laughs> um. But if you proceed, there it is. <laughs> Tanks up here. <laughs> um, 
She's like, I'm going to drop a tank on you. Well, so anyway, that fight kind of unfolds and is what it is. And she comes out victorious. But kind of the main point I figure of this story is the side by side from her past. Um, I have a feeling as an Amazonian that we are going to see very soon. <laughs> um, We've seen her. She's the one that's doing the stuff in issue one and two in the background. Yeah, that's what I kind of gathered, too, is we're we're connecting all the pieces of this longer story. But so far, as just like a straight up superhero story, um, I'm, I'm loving it. I, DC hasn't been doing that very well for a while because I feel like they've kind of been getting distracted by either events or other randomness that the main lines have just kind of faltered. And this is good. Dude, that was great. Like, I finished that book and I was like, this is impressive. It's entertaining. It's well done. It's good. It's great art. Um, it's great. The art. Okay. Let me tell you, see if you missed something. Okay. Because I only saw it because I was making memes. Um, <laughs> uh, go to the part where she's like, now I've got two swords. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah All yeah. right. Go to that part. You want to know how good the art is when she charges that lady after the two swords, uh-huh. you can see the fear. Oh, yeah. 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 That lady's eyes in the bloody sword. If you can zoom in on it on the internet, enhance, enhance. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like literally you can see the fear in the lady's eyes and the sword. She's about to get whacked with. And I'm like, <laughs> that's well done. That's good detail. This is the best looking and written book I've read. And then I read Penguin number three and I'm like, where are we at, bro? They just don't know. Can you pick a consistency? (laughs) No, they had to give us a really obscure group of uh, folks, but we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, Um, it was just a Penguin three was a sharp decline from Penguin two. Yes, it's starting to put Cobblepot back into a one trick pony, which is I kill you if you don't do the thing. Um, which I guess works, but there you go. So that's the thing. Oh, let me, let me make one more, uh, spider thingy announcement. How dare uh, you? Uh, I'm going to interrupt your books. Yep. Um, also, uh, Vulture's creepy organization that's running all this stuff is trying to mimic X-Men's resurrection stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, but, that... but they can't bring back the soul and the conscious the way the X-Men could. Yeah, but at the end of the day, they're absolutely going to bring Palpatine back. Somehow. No. I get it. That's why I said somehow. Yeah. 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 Oh, Disney. Um, There we are. Uh, So, yeah, what else do I got? I have the Sacrificers. Like, you are surprised anymore. Because it's still happening. But. I'm going to say this. We at issue number four finally actually kind of sort of actually know what the plot of this book is. And I had a feeling that's what was going to happen, especially as they kind of slow rolled us into the what's happening here. And we're using three books to get us to the, oh, God, they are killing the innocent kids that everyone has to sacrifice. Um, It seems like annually. Surprise, Um, not surprise. It's the Hunger Games. Except it's not that they just kill them. They like actually give them a really good time so that they can literally be milked (laughs) or drained or more emphatically juiced (laughs) um, is the more appropriate term uh, for basically 
their their good feelings. Um, and then there's this class of gods that literally drink those. And in this issue, we find out why that at first it kind of feels like that it's a party. So it's, Oh, instead of the tears of our enemies, it's like, Oh, look, it's the stuff that makes people happy. Uh, we drink that to feel happy. Well, sort of, it's actually that this group of gods, lowercase G gods, because there's a bunch of them, um, basically drink the joy of other people so that they can become young again and continually to repeat the process to be gods amongst the people. Um, it's how they stay alive forever. <laughs> um, and it's like, okay, well that's, that's a new nuance to this discussion that is frighteningly disturbing. Um, and so what you see in this is, like I said, I feel like is the plot finally congealing um and sticking together because the main god is like a sun god um and his wife's luna who is a moon and they have a child that's kind of both and you got introduced to the child earlier but it wasn't clear why she mattered well here you go fam the point of this book is that everyone finally actually realizes including us what's going on um and luna the mom is finally like, this is stupid. We're literally murdering people every year for our own benefit um, that we take credit for when it's actually the people. And then this one dude who's basically our executioner, um, like that's his job is to go find these people. And the fire god slash sun god dude's like, hey, I did a good thing this year. And the executioner dude's finally, I guess, got fed up and he like stormed off this time. Um and the child finally witnesses all of this because she doesn't know any of this. And she's like, that's jacked up. I'm going to follow the executioner dude to find out what's up. And also my mom basically told them all to get bent that we shouldn't be doing this. And I have a feeling, boom, story. That's where we're going from here um, is that the child is the sun and the moon is going to figure out what this all is actually about and why people basically literally sacrifice their kids for a bunch of gods to stay young. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Okay, Rick Remender, I see you. <laughs> um, so that's all. And they also kind of dropped in a little story in this of one of the families of the kids who's still alive because he survived, uh, who is the bird dude, um, we're starting to see the people like, why does my life still suck when I do the things that the gods asked me for? So there's, there's definitely a commentary forthcoming in all of this. Yeah. Um, but seen, got you heard all of those words. Um, so that continues to be pretty great. Now digging into my depth of hey, there was stuff on the shelf that I missed. And I think I saw Todd Turner actually post this on Facebook or somewhere. And I was like, oh, I should have read that book, but I didn't see it. But I did this time. And it's Hellboy, Giant Robot. Oh, no, I didn't see that either. Giant Robot. Um, I believe, yes. It's just it, all sorts of happy place for you, isn't it? Right? And it is. Um, So the big guy is back to drawing for this mini. Okay. So also that. Um, That's a big deal. Yeah, no, I really appreciate 
I mean, the folks that he has entrusted with his intellectual property have done an excellent job. Like all of the books that have like 1940 something, 50 something, et cetera, like that entire series, the BPRD is like really good and really well drawn. Um, but I do like it when Mike is the guy doing his thing. Um, cause he great, but it's robot Kaiju <laughs> Hellboy, And you don't really know. He gets basically kidnapped. Um, by this group of people and you don't really know who they are, what their mission is, but they put him into a thing that lets him drive a big robot version of himself. Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, great. And then they're invading this Island to try to get something and you don't know what, but that's kind of unfolding. And then, well, he's slow. They're making fun of him because he hasn't figured out the neural link to the robot. So also Pacific Rim, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> we're just going super deep here. Um, but he's getting control of the robot and they're like, wow, he's like really bad at this. And they're like, yo, we just connected him to a giant version of himself. Maybe give him a minute to figure it out. And he does. Well, he's doing that. A giant lizard. That is similar yet legally distinct um, from other giant lizards that live in the ocean um, comes out to fight him. And Hellboy gets his butt whooped. <laughs> that's the end of the first book. And I want to finish everything in this book. Because, yes, it is everything that I enjoy about everything. And as a side note, Godzilla Minus One looks freaking amazing. And I'm going to watch a, a subtitled Godzilla movie in IMAX at the end of the month. Absolutely. A hundred thousand percent. Because, Wow. I haven't seen anything other than a picture for it. Yo, the I was literally watching the latest trailer while we were I was waiting for you to load in because <laughs> so good. Um they decided to go gritty and like almost original. So, it's Godzilla literally just messing up <laughs> all of Japan. It's and, Godzilla listening to Limp Biscuit and giving giving yeah, he's like it's just one of those days. Yeah, he's breaking stuff, baby. <laughs> and I was just like yeah, uh, I am a sucker for good kaiju, and that looks like we're we're gonna we're gonna do it. Um, so there's there's my side extra for all y'all, and then finally, a thing that I should probably be disappointed in, but I can't be because creators doing creator things. Um, but my last book is Canary Number One. Which I saw that Snyder. It's a Snyder, and the reason. What's going on here is it's a comicsology digital first now in print. So technically, far as I can tell, there are two issues in here. They call them chapters, but it is definitely a double issue based on how thick it is and everything. So that's kind of cool that they're going to push our story forward. Um, but we're going to get kind of two pieces at a time. And this is straight up pretty spaghetti Western. Um, okay. But it's about a marshal that is... Um, kind of doing this murder investigation, but it starts out with this kid that literally just whips out a straight razor and murders his uh, teacher in the one room schoolhouse. And everyone's like, yo, <laughs> and the marshal gets called in and to go find the kid. And the kid is clearly possessed might be a good word. Okay. Um, but, but you don't know, like he's, he's operating on another plane that is not the little eight year old kid that you see before him and 
you see bits and pieces of this story that the Marshall's background also is he's being featured in a bunch of um, stories about his exploits. Uh, so everybody knows him because of getting this one serial killer once upon a time in Canary. That's a place that has a mine. Um, go forth and do all of the old Western imagery of coal mine and canaries. So congrats. Mm, justified. Um, Got it. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you find out that the dude that he killed was clearly possessed or something not of this world as well. Um, and you're finding out that there's been all these murders that are really weird and are basically like people that you're like, that doesn't make sense. They wouldn't do that. And this geologist comes up with this theory of all these places seem to be connected by this underground river where all these things happened. And what you basically find out is that he murdered the serial killer in a, in a water aquifer near the mine. And you're kind of already set up for, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but basically the end of the story is unfolding of him and this geologist are going to go try to figure out what is going on in the deep West and all that. And it's just kind of a really wild, like graphically it's kind of cool. Kind of exorcist with justified. Yeah. And so it's got that very cool old school, uh, Western vibe, but it, it, for me, it also reminds me of basically all of Lemire's Bone Orchard like vibe. That you're like, I am completely weirded out right now, and I kind of want to just know where this is going. Um, so it's kind of neat that it has that Western, but also has this. Wow, that's really creepy. So yeah, it's it's justified, I guess, if it was American Horror Story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That that actually tracks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, that, that took me a moment and I got there. You're welcome. You can see these on FX. Um, Dude, that would be on FX. It really would. Um, so, I mean, this would probably be a good one to pick up an option. So get your canary number one so that it can be sold for $500 when they announce the project. <laughs> um, there you have it. So... What you got on the number one scene? Because I feel like that was kind of hard, but I think I have a shocking one for the people. Uh, I'm still going to tell you one more uh, Nightcrawler thing. How dare you? Because that's good. Um, <laughs> so good. Yeah, he, uh, he can magically produce a glowing white cutlass now. That checks. Um. And so Peter asks him, he's like, Astral Cutlass, is that a mutant <laughs> thing? Um, no. He's like, actually, no, it's a, my adoptive mother is an evil sorceress who utilized my crisis of faith to turn my innate optimism into a magical weapon, then tried to steal it thing. <laughs> I'm just saying this book's fun. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that's a lot, but that's good. I mean, the best part about that is, yep, all true. <laughs> all right. of it. Uh, Didn't make that up just now. That happens. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to uh, go with scorched earth. Number one as my number one. I don't want to. I'm literally not reading Gotham War. It's another one of those that I'm like, mm. well, I'm, well, this ends it. And Great. so I'm going to tell I you where read, I can read Batman again. Yeah. 
Now, I'll say, as in terms of how crossovers go, this was a short one. It was only eight books. That's fair. And I appreciated it. It wasn't a bad story, but all, the effort wasn't consistent across all platforms. Um, yes. And you could tell, like, I read Catwoman and Red Hood. I was like, oh, this was good. This was well-written. Art's good. I pull up the big, culminative, super chunky final issue. Weak sauce. Like, <laughs> art's not great. <laughs> Womp. Um, it, I say this without much malice. This looks like if, you know, the company DK, they make the children's books. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And this they also looks, do the huge graph, anything graphical, like encyclopedia is them as well. This looks like the art that would be in a DK encyclopedia. <laughs> Oops. I mean, um, but also not bad, but it's not it's like not great. <laughs> seeing the fear in the eyes of an enemy <laughs> combatant as you're about to ram them with a sword after you just took two swords so you could have two. Right. In the middle, them. in the middle of a random, uh panel that you're not expecting that level of detail yeah okay Mm -hmm. yeah um but uh short version uh tim gets captured they're gonna kill tim batman and selena have to work together jason needs to help but he's too scared to do it because of what batman put in him the bat family goes after uh tim to go rescue him all the dc Want to be villains? Oh, by the way, um, when Vandal Savage sent the army of oh right B list villains to fight, he put them in Batman clothes. <laughs> so like, um, uh, oh, and this is actually this was worth seeing just for the sheer bananas of it. They gave Professor Pig venom. Okay, so picture a jacked out, still nope. fat. Mm-mm. Professor Pig with his shirt and butcher stuff ripping open, but still got the pig mask on with venom stuff going through it. Sure. <laughs> but like Scarface is in a Robin costume while still wearing a fedora. <laughs> um, that's where we're at, guys. <laughs> um, Why? Mad Hatter's got a utility belt on. Okay, that's funny. Um, Black Mask has a suit of Batman armor. All this stuff. They go to rescue Tim and everybody else. Um, but the whole plot, the whole thing, storyline broils down to is that Vandal Savage is trying to make a meteorite crash into Gotham because the meteorite that made him immortal forever ago, he wants to have more control over. So he's basically trying to like auto-tune a meteorite to land in Gotham. That's the whole plot of everything. That everybody's being manipulated into. That checks out, sort of. Yeah. Um, And they throw the signal in there just so you can, you know, see that he still exists. Um, Because they don't use him. I'm taking a picture of a hulked out pig to send you. (laughs) Um, Because... You know, Professor Pig. Imagine a, this scary looking pig squealing. I just, mm mm. Um, fight goes down between Savage and Batman, et cetera, et cetera. And um, here's what I don't love 
beyond everything else that I don't love. It one it ends the story. Let's give it credit there. Story's over. It's over. It's dead. It's finished. So they do the uh we're killing off your favorite character thing, Rick Roll, a couple times. And it's especially timely with what we were talking about recently. So Jason can't function without his uh adrenaline spiking too highly uh when he feels fear or whatever right um but he's proving that he's stronger than whatever batman put in him so as the meteorite's about to crash into gotham and kill everyone he flies a bat plane which conveniently doesn't have a completed autopilot which is literally the dark knight rises like they literally put they put dude in i don't know what fan service this dude is on uh, for the dark for this, but they literally do. Jason got trapped under a log from a building that's on fire from Batman Begins, and then at the end of this, they have Bat or Jason fly into something because the autopilot's not completed, and so Jason. They literally took the major plot points from Nolan's franchise and put them into this, but Jason flies into the meteor. To break it up. And then like. Uh, you're the, oh no. My son. He's a dead. And <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> wow. Okay. And so you're like. Oh no. We really believe we killed Jason. Um, Sure. Sure guys. Um, And then. Uh, in the middle of the fight. Between Vandal and. Uh, Scandal. And Catwoman and Batman. As it's ending. Uh. Selena falls into the meteorite and it explodes. And so Batman's like sitting on the edge of the cliff, like I lost Jason. I lost Selena. And then Jason parachutes in. So (laughs) gang gang. (laughs) He's like, sorry about that. And it's just like, why even do this? And then you ready for this. This is how much of a Christopher Nolan reference they put into this. They fast forward a month, two months, okay. whatever it was. Right. Uh, Bruce has a conversation with Dick to say, I'm wrong about everything. I shouldn't be. We shouldn't be a bat family anymore. You're better qualified to lead it. I'm going to run away, whatever. And he gets in the car. He says, you run the bat family, but get them to leave as soon as you can. And Batman shows up on a rooftop and he's just looking around so and then he smiles like a smile bro like a a tee hee and he says cat and he pulls out a jump drive that says like um uh hold on make sure i actually quote this properly um he pulls out a jump drive that says in case of emergency it's like the whole backup erased <sighs> personality thing yeah. And um, then you see Catwoman swinging away and saying, I love that man. And so he gave her an out so she could like just die and go live her life without anybody thinking she's alive. So he straight up pulled the whole plot premise of the Dark Knight Rises again with the Catwoman thing. Nolan references. Oh. And then the story ends with uh, one of the burglars that Catwoman's training 
has been training this whole time. Right, one right. of the crappy burglars breaks into Bruce's brownstone and finds out Bruce is Batman. Uh, okay. Like w- w- none of this mattered. You made Jason scared. And you said that training criminals is a good life choice. And then you argued about it. So this wasn't, this is, and this doesn't feel like scorched earth. This feels like I really like Christopher Nolan movies. <laughs> and they let me write a book. Yay. Okay. That that was the top pick, fam. That was that was the best number one I could do just because I wanted to talk about Night- Nightwing more. So. so mine could have been Hellboy or Canary. To be fair, those are number ones. Um, but I wanted to do this to mess with our listeners. I read Marvel Ultimate Universe number one. And I liked it. You liked it? Tell me about it. So, unfortunately, there, there's, there's them light X-Men vibes because they run Marvel's universe right now. But the good news is because Ultimate... And this is, you know, the kickoff point for us returning to Earth 6160. Um, And they even tell you, there you go, right there, 6160. Um, So stuff's a little different. But basically what they set us up is that two weeks ago, the city was sealed, trapping the Imperator of Earth. Basically, they got this guy called the Maker. Um, And... They trapped him inside this city in the middle of 6160 and that basically they're trying to eliminate or basically prune the timeline. Huh? No? All right. Um, they're they're trying to basically eliminate a lot of the um, the superheroes and everyone thing so they, they can control the earth and everything. But we open up with a rescue mission with someone that looks like Iron Man, someone that looks like Doom, and they're on Asgard. We later find out that it is Iron Lad, um, because, again, we're in the Ultimate Universe, so congrats, people. Time to start getting used to lots of different variants. (laughs) Um, Except they're not, because we're in the multi-university here, not time. Um, So... Tony Stark's kid and... I'm pretty sure it's actually regular doom, but I'm actually pretty bad at ultimate. So I don't know. And they don't actually tell us whether it's someone else or not, but it is a doom person rescuing Thor who's been imprisoned on Asgard because he killed um, Odin. Um, But we of course find out per the typical Marvel timelines and everything that Odin didn't do it. Loki made himself look like, Thor and killed um, Odin and then blame Thor so that Loki can take the throne in Asgard. Um, So they're breaking him out. He's like, hold on, I got to get something. And he goes to get the hammer. And we find out that Lady Sif is basically Asgard's jailer at the time. And is like, oh, crap, go back to your cage. Um, And he's like, nah, I'm good. And so there's fighting and everything. They escape, which is pretty cool. Um, Ultimate Thor looks pretty, pretty baller. 
Yeah, he does. Um, and so, you know, they literally kind of bamf out of there because apparently Thor's hammer can do that. Um, it's, it's, it kind of implies like almost like a portable Bifrost. Ooh. It's got that vibe. Um, we'll see what that actually is probably later on. And they get back to the real time and they find, you know, <laughs> Iron Lad and, and Doom are like, hey, we've got Steve on ice. <laughs> um, so somewhere in the man out of time um, space of things. And they're all like, who's that guy? And they're like, well, he seems important and he's been trapped in ice. And Thor's like, well, we should let him out. And Stark's like, yeah, that's kind of not how that works. Because <laughs> if we just break the ice, he'll probably die. And it's like, oh, well, that sucks. Um, and then Sif shows up and they're all like, how'd you do that? And she's like, not important. But I guess I'm going to kind of see how this plays out. And that's my prisoner, so he can't die. So guess I'm like here for the ride. And you get introduced to the fact that they all have access to a bunch of data from this maker person and all the different superheroes that they're trying to locate um, to eliminate. They're now trying to locate to save. Okay. And it's like, okay, that's dope. Um, And Doom's like, cool. I have an idea of where we can get some of this stuff. And, you know, they go to basically Doom's home planet. Um. We still don't know who the maker is, but the fact that they are on, um, what is it, Lavaria? Um, yeah, that, yeah. And that there's a library there that has all kinds of data on all the people. And so Doom's like, yeah, let's go get that. And so they do. And that's kind of cool. Captain Britain shows up to kill them all. It's not a party without Captain Britain. Right. And Captain Britain is speaking French. French Canadian? No okay. French, straight up French. Um, okay. In fact, most of his dialogue is in French, which makes me go, I feel like maybe I should pump th- some of that through a translate because I don't speak the French. Because um, I'm curious if he said anything important because half of his dialogue is just in French. Um, and he stabs Thor straight through the chest. Okay. Yeah, and everyone's like, well, that sucks. But he's not. he's not dead, so they get him back uh, to the lab and Stark is like, cool. Dad made this thing that should fix this. And they hook him up and everything. And you see a conversation then between Captain Britain and kind of this new cabal of folks. Um, one of which is Hulk. Interestingly enough. Okay. Um, Captain Britain loses an eye, all a Thor um, during, should. during that fight. So that, that happens. Um, I think that's magic. It's not Moon Knight. It's the other dude that showed up recently. The other hand, it looks like. Okay. Uh, yeah. What's his face? Um, brother Knight. No. Yeah, something like that. And maybe it's not the Hulk, but one of the Hulks. And I don't. Off the top of my head, I'm not catching the other person, but, you know, they're all the different parts of the world. And the end of the book is literally this map of the world showing how these factions break down. Oh, it's wow. a Hickman. It's a Hickman book. So it's just like the X-Men. That is very Hickman. it's it's like it's exactly like the X-Men stuff of it explains everything. And in... that image gives me PTSD. 
Right. And that's where I, for a moment I was like, oh, no. Um, but it kind of helps this a little bit. But um, spoiler alert. So if you really care about how this is going to break down in the future, uh, my bad. But I feel like it's kind of why I care. Um, something starts going wrong with Iron Lad's uh, arc. Arc yeah. um, reactor, and it goes kablooey, which at least in theory, and based on how they end this book, Iron Lad, Doom, Ultimate Thor, and Sith are dead. Okay. Because they all got nuked. Um, now, granted... I did just mention something about the hammer potentially basically being a transport device. So this absolutely could go the comic book way, but at least in theory, you've been led to believe that basically the characters that set this story up are now all dead. (laughs) Um, And that this evil cabal basically told the entire world, Oh, why was iron lad a terrorist? And started pushing that whole line because, you know, he killed all these important people. And then the very end of the book is a silhouette of um, Black Panther in the rubble and just doesn't really say anything about it. Um, And it sets up pretty much everything and ultimate going forward right there. And that's what you would want out of an ultimate book like that. Yes. And that's why after all of that, I was like. Now, granted, like I mentioned earlier, Hickman set up the whole X-Men thing really well and then blew it. Don't blow it this time because <laughs> that was a pretty good ultimate setup. And I kind of care about Marvel for at least until you screw this up. <laughs> so if, if you're into absolute insanity in the Marvel Universe, it looks like we're about to get it. And that is what makes a good ultimate. And so... Hopefully they don't undersell that or break it or any of that good stuff. So there you have it. Okay. That, was a, that was a lot of good stuff about a Marvel book. No, listen, that's three positive Marvels in one episode. <laughs> we did it. Look, look we... may one and one. Listen, two of them were X Men. Technically, technically, sort of. All right. Well. I believe that is, in fact, going to do it for us here at the Polish Podcast. Episode 94 is now in the books and in your ears and your eyeballs, because it's true. We're on the YouTubes now. So if you hear giant pauses, it's probably because we're pointing at things that you can't hear. So you should go over to YouTube and check that out. But we couldn't possibly do this alone, as many of you know. Yeah, that's what we tell ourselves. Um, We can't do this alone. We don't go alone as they say we have taken this and this is all of our friends over at love thy nerd and the love thy nerd podcast network so be sure to visit lovethynerd.com for more information other shows previous episodes and maybe find yourself a new show you can find hector has like 47 shows over there and they're all great uh so if you want to just fill your playlist and week of the soft tones of hector you can you can go oh, over there and when, listen. when this episode premieres the interview with you about your actual jobs and ministry and stuff should be coming out the day before 
So there you go. This week you you can get a double hit of Hector and Chris, um, which is a lot, but we we care about you and we are incredibly we thankful. We care a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, mm-hmm. so hector and i do want to thank you for choosing us as your primary comic book knowledge factory on a near weekly basis so don't leave us hanging rate and review the show uh slam that subscribe button like and subscribe um, we're on itunes spotify stitcher radio and now the youtubes as we mentioned earlier so you know go get it and from the bottom of my heart as usual Thank you for listening, and remember, kids, read more read comics. More comics. I'm gonna take all seven continents again.